0: today is wednesday april 29th 2020 and welcome everyone to the second episode of the sports talk podcast i'm your host adam zucala and i i want to start this episode off first by just saying this i didn't know i'm with a new mic today because the mic from the last episode was really buggy and, and was messing up, like the the intro part, it, 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 it's just fuzzy the whole way through, and I, I'm very sorry for that, y'all, uh, I, 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 I swear, I tested the, the 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 recording, and it sounded fine, but then I just heard it like last night, and I was like, oh, geez, and then I was just actually testing that mic, I was doing the test, which I usually do before, and it doesn't want to work, so I'm with a other headset and mic I got on today, so uh, we're going to go with that. But anyways, so welcome to episode two of the podcast. Uh, I'll, I'll, I guess I'll say what I was what I was saying in that intro for the last episode, uh, which is basically just uh, this is a podcast where uh, we're uh, going to look at a wide range of sports, mostly the main uh, the the main five here in North America. But I might have to go out. I might I might go out to say Europe or even the lesser known leagues, and we'll we'll go through that there. Um. And what else? I think I mentioned the fact that we have three main uh, main topic and then three subtopics, and we'll discuss those. Um, and I plan to have these episodes just over an hour, or just uh, like just an over out, uh, over under of uh, of an hour, uh, which which I hope happens today. So today, uh, our main topic is NHL and hockey news. We got uh, we got a bit more news from the NHL. Um, over the past few days. And we're going to talk about that. Uh, Not just the NHL. We also got AHL news and uh, uh, U18, uh, the Helinka Gretzky cup news. We got that. Uh, What else we got? Well, then we got our, our, then we have baseball news about uh, neutral sites and possibly new divisions because that could be interesting. And as well, we have basketball news uh, with the NBA's uh, redesign plan for opening up the facilities. Uh, they've changed since I since the podcast on Monday. which was pretty, it was actually pretty fast. I think it was that night. And then uh, our last topic is that we're just going to go over the, uh, uh, the very, very late uh, NFL draft gradings that I found online. And we'll see, we'll see what they had. To, uh, NFL.com had to say about that. And then we'll do our closing and what I missed at the episode. I already have some stuff. I, I couldn't put it already down here, but uh, I put it, I put it already in what I missed. So let's start this podcast off with the first topic, uh, and it's our main topic for today. It's the NHL and hockey news. All right, so let's get right into it. Here, our main topic for today, like I just said, is the NHL uh, and hockey news. We got out there. So, uh, in accordance with the NBA uh, releasing news about their, uh, that, that uh, themselves opening up their practice facilities, uh, the NHL stated uh, um, that they are also. They're not set on doing that. Uh, they have no planned date. Uh, I picked up a few a few couple of uh, quotes here. Uh, this is from Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly. He said this on Monday. He said, The league is still determining whether if, we, if, if it will wait until it's safe and permissible for all 31 teams to start holding small group workouts before triggering its next uh, phase of return-to-play protocol, or if it will allow clubs to reopen practice facilities in waves. And that's what he said. I, I I really think if anything teams open up their practice facilities altogether and this is the same thing with the NBA uh I, I would like to go on and say it's n- not fair play because some teams will be able to get back into shape faster than other teams or they'll have more time to uh, and as well I like even like there's people still back in Europe, right there's still players back in europe and i and i and i do believe that that would just be tough right because you're just waiting until your team gets the set go and you're watching say all your buddies uh their teams are coming back to play or going back to workout, um and you're just sitting there like what's going to happen i what's going to happen for me i think that the best option is to wait till everyone's ready like he says here uh and then it would just all be even at the same time so they also say here that uh that multiple teams have actually also circled May 15th as a potential start for small group uh, skates in their facilities. Uh, So that, that could be huge, you know, May 15th. Um, and I even actually have a a small little uh, timeline of here of what could go on, uh, for the next few months. Um, so for May 15th, they're planning from May 15th to 31st. If everything goes well, and and if they ease off the restrictions, uh, May 15th to the 30, 31st will be informal small group skates. So I don't know how big those groups would be, maybe five people with maybe a coach, uh, four people with a coach, and they'll just do their own little skating, and maybe goalies will have their little uh, – the, the goalies will have uh, skates as well, you know, practicing on their uh, um, their skills – to kind of uh, sharpen up their skills uh would be the better way to say it and then from june 1st to 30th will be training camps and exhibition play so it'll be kind of like just a normal training camp and then you'll actually uh get on uh with maybe a little preseason per se like they usually do at the at the start of the year in september which i mean the uh, training camps yes you you'd have to have that because players are going to be uh out of shape than usual because they're not, it's not their normal routine and they're not doing what they usually do, uh, you know, off the ice, uh, even on the ice, right. They have not been on the ice, so they've hadn't been able to be on the ice. So I think that the training camps make sense. The exhibition play, I don't know what they're planning for that. Uh, If it's one game, two games, three games, I, I, I think the best option for that is two to three games. Uh, I wouldn't, I, I, if they play more than three, I'd be surprised because you know the first game's like okay let's get back into let's get back in the game mode and the second one's like let's bring up the t- the intensity and by the third game you should have uh full game intensity uh intensity sorry so i think i think that's the best option uh for exhibition play if anything and then they say from july 1st to september 30th so near so that's july august and then full september will be the completion of the remaining 189 regular season games in those centralized locations, which we discussed in the last podcast, uh, followed by the Stanley Cup playoffs, and with the off-season in that too, which will be free agency and the arbitration uh, period and all that. Uh, those centralized locations, uh, we're actually going to get to one of them actually later when we discuss about the Helenka gretzky Cup. But, I mean, we talk about Toronto and Columbus, and I mean, that's <laughs> three months you're going to be away from your well. Most people will be far away from their families. I mean, they already say the European players they already do that. And, but I mean, at least in the normal NHL season, you get to go home for some for, for some periods of time and see your family. But th- that'll be three months away from your actual family, unless they somehow allow them to come, uh, which I'd be surprised. But yeah, so no. But hey, uh, I at least at least we're getting somewhere with this. Uh, you know, the NHL could literally just come out and say, we're not playing the rest of the year. We're done. At least they're giving us a timeline of what they think could happen, uh, which then leads to actually mid-November. They'll actually start training camps for the 2020-2021 season, uh, which will then lead to a uh, mid to late December uh, st- uh, starting of the regular season for that year. If the – if this goes through and they start in December, this would probably mean there won't be an all-star game next year, which I think is in, Oh shoot. I forget where it is. I'll have to look that up. Uh, no, no all-star game for next year, no bye weeks So there won't be like a week for a team, like five plus days for a team to stay off. There won't be that. Uh, and the games will be more condensed. So we're talking about here. Maybe there'll be more back-to-backs than usual. There'll be more, uh, like I'm saying, I don't think a team will have a longer break than maybe two days. Uh, so you'll probably play a game. Your longest break will be a game, two days, and back to a game. That's it. You won't have a week or three days even, I don't think. And this would also mean the playoffs will finish in early July, which will kind of balance it out for next year's for the year after that. So they'll be able to probably play into the next year at an at an earlier time than mid to late December. So that's what we have. I mean, like I said, this is big. At least, uh, the league is making an attempt to sh- to tell people this is what our plan is. This is what we're going for here. Um, you know, they they circled May fifteenth. Uh, we see European countries now. It's not now, obviously, crossed the pond as they might say. They're uh, they're they're easing off the restrictions, which could mean it's a good thing. You know, look at if you look at a place like Italy. They they went the COVID nineteen was huge there. Like they everyone was getting uh, was getting uh getting it and everything and and they had it for at least two to three months. We've been off now here since March. So that's about well it was about midway through March, right? It was about March break time for all the kids in school here in Ontario. Uh so it was about the third week, second week, it's third week of March. So we were halfway. And now we're done, we're about to be finished April. Uh on friday we're going into may so there's about a month and a half so like they're saying two to three months the, it, may 15th is about the midway through may right so you're they're planning on the two months and we're going to ease off the restrictions obviously ontario came out with a uh, i know ontario here came out with the uh uh the phase plan or uh, the, the plan like the three phase plan uh which which we could see sometime soon we don't know when but uh they're saying they are at least they'll at least be uh, easing off the, those restrictions in both the U.S. and Canada uh, around May fifteenth. Now this means that they're they're probably not going to say, uh, you know, they're not going to say we're going to be fine, everyone's going to be okay, this virus is over by May fifteenth. That, that's not that's not at all true. Uh, it's just basically going to mean we're going to be allowed to be around our teammates, going to be around you know it's just it's just a it's just a uh you know it's not going to be fully over with this coronavirus but there'll at least be stuff happening uh is the best way to put it i guess so that's all i got for that now let's move on to the next uh the next news here is that the AHL is likely that it's going to cancel the season so it's not like the nhl which they're saying we got this timeline here apparently the uh a person uh, with direct knowledge of discussion, they they told about this topic, they told the Associated Press that it's quite likely the uh, AHL will c- cancel the remainder of their season because of this COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, the person spoke to the association, uh, Associated Press on Monday uh, about it, and, and then the Associated Press talked to the AHL, and they responded by saying there is nothing imminent in terms of calling off the remainder of the season. But last week, even uh, HL President and CEO David Andrews said the league was pivoting to to the 2020-2021 season while adding nothing was official regarding the status of the season. So, I mean, I, I thought that this is how all the leagues were going to go once they said we're canceling the season. Um, because Well, this is back in March, right? We didn't know how bad this was going to really be. But I could I could see them ending the year. It's kind of sad because, uh, as me being a Sens fan, uh, I always like seeing uh, how good our uh, affiliate team is, which is the Belleville Senators. I actually got the chance to go watch them play over uh, Christmas holidays, uh, and they were a fantastic team. And they were top spot in the uh, East Division, I think. I think that's the third division they're in. It's either the East or the Atlantic. I forget which one. But besides the point, they're I think they're actually the top of their conference, if 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 I'm not mistaken, and it just kind of sucks because that's a great. They are having a great year. They, you know, all those guys, they're good young players, and it sucks to get their season wiped out like that. It's the same thing with the Auto Sixty Sevens here. They they've been they've been screwed twice over chances to make the Memorial Cup, best team in the league for two years in a row, uh, but yet the finals last year in the OHL finals, uh, Mikey Pietro, their star goalie, gets injured. And then the team just loses all its all its momentum. Then this year, best team in the league, best team in the country again. And then just just nothing was wrong with them. It's just the world just has these things. And it it sucks. But I mean, I I, I don't think the AHL would want to just say, you know, NHL's still playing, we should play. So I think it's a good idea, uh, that. They, they have the idea that they're uh, going to end this year and just move on to the next one, which I think is a smart move for a league like that. And then our, our final uh, news bit today is that the, for hockey is that the Helenka Gretzky cup is canceled. Uh, this tournament is, I think u 18 players uh, that come from all around the world. It's kind of like a world juniors kind of, uh, but this year, so it's usually hosted in, uh, in Europe. Uh, but, I, I think two years ago, and now this year it was held in Edmonton, and it was also going to be held in uh, uh, Red Deer. Two this year uh, it was scheduled for August third to eighth. Uh, yeah, so it holds under eighteen talent, and this is what Tom Rennie said, uh, who is the the heck, who is the president and chief operating officer? Uh, oh, this is what him and chief oper- operating officer Scott Smith said in the statement. They said the health and uh, safety of players, staff, officials, fans. Uh, family volunteers and the general public are the utmost importance to hockey Canada. And although it was a difficult decision to make, we believe it is the best interest of everyone involved given the uncertainty at this time. Uh, So, I mean, once again, right move to make, Uh, you don't want to, you don't want to allow these kids who are 18 years old, under 18, sorry, uh, come to Canada who is kind of, it's not, the, we're not the epicenter right now, but we do have a lot of cases and we don't want to make these kids uh, come here. And I know it's still August and all this and all that, but you never know, right? This, how this thing's going to work. Um, and who knows by August, we could still be kind of in, say, maybe not a phase one, but maybe like a phase two. So it's not everything's back to normal, right? So we'll see, um, we'll see what happens there. But I think it's the right move that Hockey Canada made. And also Frank Cervalli from TSN also uh, reported that this event was canceled uh, in part of uh, the Edmonton Oilers want to keep their arena available for the NHL's possible return this summer. So that being said, with that report uh, that Frank said, that could mean that Edmonton could be one of the top spots uh, for a neutral site. So... We already had the idea that Toronto would be a good one, and I think Toronto will be probably the one for the Atlantic Division. We uh, yeah, had Columbus talked about uh, on our last podcast, but now Edmonton. I have been to Rogers Place, not for a game. I was just there over the over June a few years ago, and I remember being around that area. They have it's, it's a beautiful stadium. First of all, it's a beautiful rink, a uh, beautiful arena, uh, and they do. I do think they have the best. I do think the amenities around there are pretty good. Uh, I mean, they got some nice, uh, I think there's a nice apartment building that's being built around that area. So I don't know if it's done now. It's been a few years, so it's probably maybe, it might be done now. I don't know, but uh, they got a nice building there. And I bet I, I'm for sure that there's a lot of hotels in the region because it's it's just outside of downtown. They also have some nice restaurants along the strip that the arena's on. So I think that is one of the best bets that they have there. Uh, as well for the pacific division uh so now that i'm thinking of this uh i've also been to Scotiabank bank saddle dome they will not host anything uh i'm going to tell you this the saddle dome is not even close to any hotels i don't i from what my well my memory states uh they're not close to any hotels it's a rundown rink (laughs) it has no restaurants uh well it's not nearby but or it's not close by, but it's, it's nearby. Like it would be about a five minute drive to get to a decent restaurant and a five-star hotel. Is that bad? No, but is it the best, maybe not. Uh, that's what I think. I think honestly that the other best place now depends on how they're doing with it, but staple center could possibly be in the mix. Uh, you know, they, they have, they, you could already know, you already know that there's stuff around there. I've never been down there or around there or, but I bet I bet there's probably a good a good chance that they could be in the mix as well. So that's all I have for the hockey news so uh, when we come back from this little break, I'll be heading off into the world of baseball and see their latest news. We'll be right back All right so now we're on into the baseball right? And uh obviously we know they're kind of in the same state as the NHL and NBA, they want to play their games. Uh which one of the latest news is that uh, news that we have here is that the new uh Rangers ballpark that was just built uh could be used as a potential neutral site. Um uh John Daniels, who's a part of the Rangers organization, said depending on a variety of other factors, it makes a lot of sense for this thing to be uh, picked. He said, just given the nature of the market, the proximity of a lot of facilities, the quality of the franchise, or facility, sorry, the quality of not just the baseball facilities, but the hotels in the area and other things that you'd need. So if you guys don't know, this is, uh, I think it's Globe Life Field, I think it's called. I don't, I forget the name of it. But uh, I, I, I do think that, it, it's a brand new stadium it's got a it's got a roof on it so you can play indoors uh and I, I it could be it could be used i think i think it uh you know like he says here it's got a lot of new quality facilities uh the hotels in the area you know it's kind of it's a revitalized area if you've i i, I all i've really seen are the pictures uh like the renderings and it looks like they have like a market there probably has a few restaurants in there so I I think I think it would be I think it would be fine place to put it they've also mentioned here talking about uh, Arizona being used and as well as uh, the possibility of using the Rangers AA, uh stadium in in Frisco uh, and as well as maybe using the TCU stadium and their facilities in that area. Uh, they've also even mentioned here about Houston's Minute Maid Park, right? It has a roof too. It's not that far. It's only a four-hour. It's only well, it's only a four-hour drive. But still, you know, it's, um, it's a. I, I think honestly, it's it's in a great area because all stadiums are nearby. Uh, now, obviously, uh, the new, the old stadium that they play at Globe Life Park, like why name the stadium? I don't know. I think the, I think the new one's Globe Life Field. The old one's Globe Life. The new one's Globe Life Field. The old one's Globe Life Park. Globe Life. Oh jeez, I've already screwed this up. Whatever. The old Texas Stadium. I'm calling it that. The old Texas Rangers Park. Uh, I think it that's been. It was. It was converted into football with the XFL. I think it was the XFL. So I don't know if they'll be able to play baseball there, depending on what they did. Uh, I don't know fully what they did, but. Uh, I think that could be also if they if they didn't change that much to it, I, I do think that could still be used as a uh, baseball uh stadium or a, a ballpark you could use, a field, uh whatever. Uh I mean the MLB's in in tough hands, right? Because you'd play every day, you travel you'd be traveling every day. Uh well depending on you know uh, depending on who you're playing and where you're playing right but and this this could be tough for the MLB i think i feel like it's 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 tough i i feel like it it's they're kind of in a weird spot cuz it could be tough to start their year or even play their year uh at all but it's also easy for them just to say we're not going to play this year uh just cancel off the season fully uh we'll even give you know you could even debate the idea of just Allowing their contracts to be uh, extended for one more year, so this year didn't count or whatnot. You could do that if you want. People might argue that, uh, and what and say what you gotta say, right? Even with people that are old and everything, that that would be tough. Uh, but I I do think that they have the best chance of coming back for some reason, just because there's it's just every year there's new ballparks showing up left and right, right? Uh, they all also mentioned here, uh, talking about neutral sites about uh, the Phoenix area in Arizona, as the uh, is that they're they're thinking that Phoenix is probably an also a great spot, and honestly, it can be. Uh, the The Arlington area is fine because it's got uh, it's got the new stadium, and they got Houston nearby, and they also have uh, all the different. Uh, stadiums as well like tcu and the one at frisco but as well as phoenix they have 10 training uh spring training parks nearby uh and including the diamondbacks chase field uh, so and as well they even mentioned here several several college facilities so honestly any i i thought i thought their best option was at first, to go with the spring training areas, which they also talked about here, uh, having uh, Florida with Tropicana Field, and as well as those other spring training stadiums nearby. I mean, Florida, I could I could see less out of the mix uh, because uh, those stadiums are farther apart than, say, the Phoenix area. Uh, like, there's, I I do believe when they say ten sh- spring training parks, there's literally tra- ten sh- spring training parks. Let's say that ten times fast. Like in in Phoenix area, in that area, <laughs> if you actually look on the map, there like a ton of them are just literally beside. I think there's teams that share. There's teams that have ballparks across the street from each other. I I, I think so. It's it's just it's just closer together now. Which then you talk about the Phoenix area, you got to talk about their facilities, right? With uh, Dallas and or with Texas, the Texas area, you have all that new stuff. You you're able to have all that new stuff. The best facilities out there. But then, with Phoenix, you might not have that. You might not. You might not have five-star hotels nearby, or five-star dining nearby. And that's that's why I think the Florida one is also out of the mix, right? Because you don't have. Because the, the the fields are spread out all over the place, and I've been in some of those areas, and they they it's just kind of small. Like I've been to the Dunedin Blue Jays stadium. Now they've renovated it. Uh, I was there two summers ago or not, th- not this spring, but last spring. I was there last spring and it was just a bunch of houses nearby. I think the closest hotel might've been maybe a 10 minute drive. And maybe that, that might was probably not even a five-star hotel. It might've just been like a, you know, a normal, like days in or, or a uh, super seven or whatnot. I think that's what they're called night or super seven, super night. I forget what they're called, but so they're not, they're the, the Florida area. does not, it's, they're too spread out. I, that's why I think that's not the best idea. The Phoenix area could could battle the Texas, the Texas spot. I think it can. So with this, they would also have to probably have new divisions, which is what the MLB is discussing. They're discussing a potential plan to start the season in late June. So they're they're planning they're they're planning like the NHL, uh, and they'll play at their home ballparks. So the the neutral sites are one thing, but there's also now an idea is that they're going to play at their home ballparks, but just with realigned divisions. And this is from USA Today, Bob Nightingale, Nightingale. Uh, the proposed plan involves those, uh, MLB dividing into three divisions based on the team's location. So they're just going to wipe out American league and national league. They're just going to have central east west. Uh, this will help them reduce travel. And like everyone's discussing, they'll play in front of no fans. There'll be no fans at all. Um, night, so Bob Nightingale says here that the new plan is pending approval of medical experts and providing that COVID-19 testing is available to the public. So it would eliminate the need for players uh, to be in isolation, although it remains unknown if the teams will open for the season in Arizona, Texas, or Florida in a few weeks, as we just discussed. So what's there what's what would be in this plan so the MLB could potentially have a 100 game regular season uh, before holding the playoffs with an expanded format uh, and according to uh, Nightingale players are expected to have 18 to 21 days to tr- uh, train at, uh, at their spring training sites in Arizona and Florida before the starting uh, the start of the season so 100 game regular season so they're going to quit out the 62 remaining games i i thought Honestly, to me, I thought the best way that the MLB comes back with us now, with these new divisions, there'll be d- different type of different types of thing or different. Uh, th- they have a different schedule, but if they came back in their normal divisions and played at their normal stadiums, or just even in uh, Florida or Texas or Arizona, wherever, I think the best option was to do this. Whatever games have not been played, you play them. Some teams, so so, so let's just give out a random number. If a team still has uh, ninety-eight games to play, well, we'd be about a month, month or two in. That would be two months in. So, so yeah, so we got one hundred games left. Say one team has one hundred one games left. One team might have one hundred, but you'd say that's not even. That's not. I know we just reschedule them. I think the MLB would draw. Should they should just do win percentage? If anything. If if this so say if they actually do implement a 100 game regular season with a brand new schedule, that's fine. But if they went on from what they had their schedule today, I th- I think what you do is have a season where it's just based off a of win percentage. And I think uh, as well that's what I think they should do with the basket. Uh, maybe basketball basketball is already kind of in win percentage. So you don't really have to worry about that. But you. Well, maybe actually you worry about win percentage. If basketball, I think win percentage is just the way who makes the playoffs or not. I think the NHL should do that. I think the NBA should do that. And I feel like if the NBA went on with what they, their normal divisions, normal schedule, that's what they do. But with this 100 game schedule, then it is allowed to just be the regular year with games back. Uh, A playoff with an expanded format, they, they don't go on here talking about what that would mean but uh if my my guess is better than anyone's i i could so there's five teams per league 10 teams make it i could see him uh i don't i don't know what they could do honestly uh there's 10 teams in each division i could see them doing uh (laughs) i don't know right because you have to have an even number with three divisions so yeah no you y'all can tell me y'all can tell me what you guys think um I'll I'll even look into that for the Friday live stream or not live stream cheese, the Friday podcast even. Uh, so you're probably asking what are these divisions? So ba- it's just basically the American League East mixed in with the National League East. That's it. So if that's the best if so if you if you don't understand that it, that's what it is. In the East you have Baltimore, Boston, Miami, both New York teams, so that would be good games. Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay, Toronto, and Washington. Those will that will be the East. The West will hold Arizona, Colorado, Los Angeles, both teams, uh, Houston, Oakland, San Diego, San Francisco, Seattle, and Texas. And the Central will hold hold Atlanta, Chicago, both both, both Chicago teams, Cincinnati, Cleveland, uh, Detroit, Kansas City, St. Louis, Milwaukee, and Minnesota. Oh my God! I now I'm thinking about what would be that. What would be the toughest division? I mean, you could are, are, are already make the case for the East because you got the Yankees and the World Series winning Nationals and the Phillies in there, and you got Tampa Bay, who's on the rise. New York uh, has some power too in there. Red Sox, they're in that they're in that gray zone, right? Uh, honestly, you can make any case for you know because the West has well the Dodgers, and now I'm realizing that the West sucks. Holy cow. <laughs> like like the Padres can make some noise the uh, Seattle could if they pull their pants up. Colorado if they do pull their pants up. Texas can, Houston can if they don't be banging their trash cans. Uh I mean the central you got the Braves, the Cubs, the White Sox can probably do some thunder this year. The Reds can probably do some thunder this year. Cleveland uh depends on how they play. You know, you got St. Louis in there, Milwaukee got them got some power. I think the East or the Central are probably the toughest, uh, but yeah. So that's what they're that's what they're planning, and so it'll be basically. So you won't be seeing actually, say Toronto. They won't be playing Oakland, uh, which they usually would do in a year. They you won't see you know the Dodgers taking on uh, the Cubs. That won't happen. You'll be seeing you'd see maybe Miami taking on Toronto. You'll see Washington taking on Toronto. Tampa Bay will be playing Pittsburgh. You'll just be seeing peop- the the teams play in their divisions. There will not be, uh, they'll, they will there will not be cross divisions. I don't think there would be. I as like they said, they talked about um, travel and everything. I don't think they'll be happening in this 100. So you're gonna be playing 100 games against nine other teams. It's gonna be a brawl. I'll tell you that much. And I, I, think I'm, exci- I'm excited for this. If this goes through, I'd be excited. Uh, I, I think anyone would be, just, just I, uh, be excited to watch any sports. You know, like the draft, the NFL draft last week, got the best ratings in a while. I think that makes sense because no one can watch live sports right now. So if this happens, I think baseball viewership will probably go up as well. So that's your call to make about if you like this or not. I think I do. So that's all I got for baseball. We come back, we got a little bit of news of basketball, and then we'll finish off with some, uh, the, the uh, geez, football draft grades. So we'll be right back. All right. So unlike Monday's podcast episode, when we had barely any basketball news, we got a little bit today. All we had from Monday was is that they're going to open their practice facilities on the fourth, which would be uh, next Monday. That's not the case anymore. They've actually pushed it back uh, for May eighth because they want to make sure they have everything right. And I think a lot of you can agree on that. They need to if they're going to do this, they got to do it right, man. Because there's a lot of reputation on a lot of these leagues, and if something goes wrong, they're screwed. Uh but even they say the NBA said that the May 8th date is far from firm. They said uh warning they've been they've been warning teams that uh it may push a back timing if uh, developments weren't. So they're gonna be talking with probably a lot of uh governments and everything. Uh, they say uh they're saying the league is planning on giving teams the option of opening Facilities as early as Friday. I'm I'm probably gonna say next Friday. Uh, although they they do believe they need more time. Uh, so they say here whether those practice uh, practice courts open uh, open, uh, local government clearance would be needed first in all cases. There will be no immediate return to normal. Uh, a person uh, with knowledge of the league's plan said players would have to wear face masks inside the facilities except when working out. Uh, that any staff members present uh, present would have to wear face masks and gloves and a minimum of the distance of 12 feet would be required as a buffer between players and staff members working with them. So you could be shooting your jump shot and you got to have that coach behind you. Right. And he'll be wearing gloves, so he will probably be able to touch the ball and everything. So say you shoot and he, it goes wide or whatever, you know. Well, if you shoot wide in basketball, that's kind of bad. But if say if it bounces off the rim bad and it flies out, flies right, flies left, the coach will be able to get that for you. Uh they say here that, that the exception of the twelve foot case would be when medical and athletic training personnel are in contact with the players. So that's that makes that just makes sense. I think there's there shouldn't be any arguing about that uh, but there are actually numerous details about the uh, uh, protocols that will have to be in place for this uh, which include players who return to their home team markets or which are out of town will be will have to quarantine before being allowed back in the facility which would be about I think the average which we say two weeks. Uh, all equipment used by players and vol- uh, voluntary workouts, including basketballs, will have to be disinfected before being used again. Players will not be allowed to share towels, and teams will not be permitted to make steam or to make steam rooms, saunas, cold tubs, oxygen chambers, or cryotherapy chambers and the facilities available. As well, they have teams will have to designate a staff member as a facility hygiene officer. To to, over, to oversee all new policies, players will have to enter the facility alone without family members, friends, or personal security. And all cell phones, keys, and other touched items must be cleaned and disinfected upon entry to the facility. So I could see this facility hygiene officer kind of being like the security guard at the front gate. Uh, telling you, hey... Uh, Let me, let me, (laughs) give me your phone. (laughs) Let me, let me disinfect it. You know, like just, just stuff like that. Right. So they, uh, they also have, they also have something here is that when they reopen, uh, only four players will be allowed at the facility at one time. No practices or scrimmage will be allowed and no head coaches or assistant coaches can be part of those voluntary workouts. Uh, NBA players are as well being told that they cannot work out, at public health gyms fitness centers or gyms. So, I think well, I don't even think that health clubs or fitness centers or gyms are even open anyways, so I mean, hey, <laughs> it's kind of like thank you, thank you Captain obvious, but it's still it's still a reminder for all those players. And listen, I think I think this is fine cuz I remember <laughs> one of the Serge Ibaka for the Toronto Raptors has been doing these how bored are you videos on Twitter. And one of them was, was like, I gotta get my cardio up. And he was running down his hallway, this and that. And all the other players were like, he has to do that like a thousand times to at least get, you know, tired. Because it was it was a short distance. And like they, you know, they do that a bunch of times at their practices, but they like it's the they're going full court. Switchback so was maybe running down his hallway that might have been five, seven meters long. You know, the basketball court's bigger than that. So I mean, I think this is better. And I think to designate a team hygiene officer is a great move. Uh, I well, It's like the same thing. It's the same thing with the NHL, right? They can't have the whole team practicing at once. So it's just an all, it's all good deal, right? Um, and once again, I at first they're like, at first, and they're still saying it, that they're going to open when an area of like whatever area or whatever city that the team's in, once it's good, they're going to open it up. But then again, I don't think that's good because unless they have like some timeline of, okay, once all the facilities open, we'll give two weeks and then we'll be playing again or whatnot, depending on how good it is. But then again, like I, it's, it's the same thing with the NHL, right? Teams, a team could have a whole month of, training being able to train at their practice facility but then another team might have only two weeks right so they got to have some type of leverage to this i don't think once again i don't think you open it until the whole league is okay with opening it every city is okay with opening it i don't think that's the right proper move listen i think all players have to be treated the same way fairly and i don't think that's it i don't think this is the right move for the nba You know the NHL is they were thinking about that, and they said no, this is not good. And and it's like baseball. Baseball, the players are working on their own, but then every once everything, all all teams will return at the same time. The NBA should think about doing this. Yes, some players might have a hoop at home. Yes, some don't. I mean, but that's just that's just how it's supposed to work, right? You have to you have to deal with what you're going through right now. I I I just me as a basketball fan. I don't think that this is is a fair way to do it. Yes, as a pra- practice facility, and yes, uh, you know players can get their shot back. But still, I think they should have the equal amount of time to do that. Because you could have, I don't know. Let's just say, let's just go with the Orlando Magic, who will end up be playing the Milwaukee Bucks first round. If if that happens, I think. I think that's what that's what they're in line for. The Orlando Magic are one of the first teams to open their facility. Their players are able to get their jump shots back, but then the Milwaukee Bucks have the lat. They're the last team to open their facility, and then they say they're given two weeks. Now, two weeks is a give or take time, right? Will it be two weeks? I don't know. I'm no expert. If Orlando goes on to win that series, which it would be heavily like one of the biggest upsets of all time. You could definitely look back and say, well, this team got their uh, facility open first. They had more time. Milwaukee didn't like Chris Middleton didn't, wasn't able to he barely, he shot terribly because he didn't have his shot back. That's what I'm saying. Equal play. So, so once again, I'm going to use the middle. So Middleton shoots poorly, but who shoots good DJ Augustine. I mean, he's a lights out. He's a good shooter too, but he's no Chris Middleton. He made Chris Middleton look like a DJ Augustine. I'm just saying, I don't think it's the right thing to just open up when they're, when they're allowed to, I think you wait until the whole league is set. And that's what you do. Or just say, Hey, just open it up the whole time. Open it up now. I don't care if it's at the start. I don't care if it's May 8th. Every team opens up their facility. I think you open when you open. And that's it. I I can't I can't say this enough about how 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 bad this is. How bad this could be for some teams. I don't know. It's just me. I think I, I just I think I don't know what, what do you guys think should it be should it be separately or individ- individually teams will open up or should the league just say this is when we're opening up all our practice facilities and deal with it? let me get let me know all right <laughs> I'm dumb ranting for basketball. Our last topic of the day when we come back will be about the NFL draft grades. Just as we thought the NFL draft is over, we're done with it, it comes back. I'm just kidding. Uh, because this is this is the first podcast that I've had these grades for. So I, I did some research and I looked up on NFL.com of what they were thinking about the NFL teams and what they graded with. For the teams, uh, a lot of teams, some teams didn't draft on day one, which is the first round. So, for those teams that didn't I'll just kind of say their overall grade. For the teams that did, I'll say both and if I agree or not. All right. So, first of all, you got this is alphabetical order. I hope I got them in alphabetical order because the, the the printer had this weird thing and the papers were flying everywhere. The Arizona Cardinals. Uh their day one was a A uh and their overall was was an A as well. Um, basically their day one was they ha- they got Isaiah Simmons, right? That was their, that was their pick. So that's how they get an A. That's basically what they did. Day two is an A plus because A, they got Josh Jones, who like I ranted in the last, last time was supposed to go 20th. They got him at 70, 72. I move on. The Falcons had a B plus day one. They picked AJ Terrell at number 16. I wish I had my draft list from last, uh, Last podcast. I did something with it. I don't know what I did. Uh they had AJ Terrell at cornerback. Was it the best move? I can't remember. <laughs> Their overall rating was a B plus. The Ravens got an A. They had straight A's throughout the entire draft with an overall grade of guess what? A. They had Patrick Queen in the first round. Uh good pick. It's good, good linebacker pick. All right uh any other no nope. next page i have like i this this script today was 11 pages long i think 6 of them were just all these draft rankings the bills straight A's as well uh with uh even though they did not draft on day 1 they still gave him a day 1 grade a don't know what that means probably has something to do with their trade i did not i don't know what they graded on but they got aj espenesa with the 54th pick uh, and Zach Moss with the 86, so that's probably why their day two was was pretty good. Carolina Panthers uh, had Derek Brown at number seven, uh, so that's why they got an A for day one. Uh, overall, was the A minus. Uh, another uh, notable was Yatur uh, matos who they took at number 38, which is one of the reasons why their day two was an A grade. Uh, the Bears. Did not have a first overall pick or first round. Sorry, not day one pick. Overall rating was a B. Uh, notable draft pick was Cole Komet at forty three, uh, but their day two was a B plus. So that could be that could be uh, that could be uh, notable right there. Cincinnati Bengals had straight A's as well with Joe Burrow at number one, T Higgins at number thirty three uh, for day two. I thought I'm surprised that they had day one. At of A, uh, you know, obviously we knew that that's kind of like not a surprising thing, right? So I, I guess A is just kind of like, you know, you did good. Uh, and even with T. Higgins, I thought T. Higgins as a wide receiver, like I said in my – I think I did in my uh, my draft, my mock draft, my post-draft mock draft. <laughs> uh, T. Higgins, I, I thought for a team that ne- might have needed him, should have gone for him first round. So I would say that maybe their day two – their second round pick. Now they don't have it by round, but their second round pick might be an A plus for myself. I I would say so. Uh, The Browns, this is a weird thing where it went in between each P each page got straight A's. Uh, They got Jer, uh, Jedrick, Jedrick, Jedrick Wills at number 10, which is one of the reasons why their day one's an A and any other notable picks? I don't think so. Cowboys, a straight A's. Now, I'm surprised this was. They were given an A for day one. I think they deserve an A plus. Once again, they got C.D. Lamb at number seventeen. I thought C.D. Lamb should have gone at twelve or around that area. He was. He's. He's. He's a way. He's, I think he's a way better wide receiver and one of the best ones in the draft. Too far to drop for number seventeen. I. I. I swear they stole that. Was a. St- that was a steal for Dallas. I don't know how many times I need to say it. Is he better than some? Maybe, maybe not, but it was a steal for Dallas for maybe teams that needed a wide receiver, and especially uh for the Raiders who took Rugs, Rugs the third, I think they did, did they not? They could have got Ceedee Lamb, and I don't know why NFL.com gave Dallas's first round an a and not an A plus. I thought it was they deserved an A plus for that one. I I I mean I can't argue much. It's literally one grade lower, but still. Uh, and day two, they got Trevon Diggs, and as well, they well, I think day three, that's Neville Gallimore, the Canadian, like I mentioned last time. So, I think they got. A, they, I think they deserve that overall grade of A. The Broncos finished with an A overall grade, uh, a day one with uh, Jerry Judy at number fifteen. Uh, there's not much other notables, but I, I I could agree with that. Jerry Judy, I think, will be a good wide receiver for uh, Denver. The Detroit Lions had an A minus. They had an A day one with Jeff. Okuda C- can't uh, agree more. I think that's he's a great player. Uh, and no, really, other notables, really. I don't, I don't think so. The Green Bay Packers. Now, this is this one. I think I saw. They gave an A minus for their first round. They drafted up to get Jordan Love a quarterback. Jordan Love has a potential. I, I, I could say no more about Jordan Love having a potential. But. Pick wise and what they need, that's bad. They, sh- they should have taken the wide receiver. I think I, I think I put given I gave, I gave Green Bay T Higgins. I think I did. they drafted the quarterback when they have a good quarterback and now there's news all over the place that I already I already went enough through this on my last podcast on my last episode so I don't need to go more into it, but they gave them an a minus for round one. I give that a C. At least this, at most a C, maybe even a C, plus, which was their overall grade. They actually had a D and a C for day two and three. So they did not have a good draft. But that A minus on day one, I disagree with. Disagree. Maybe I even maybe go a B minus. Okay. I'm, I've been heated. I don't know why. Houston Texans, they got a B first. Oh, well, they didn't even draft day one. So it doesn't matter. Uh, but the overall grade was a B. Plus, but if you discount the B in day one, they had basically an A. Uh, not really a lot of notables here. Moving on, Indianapolis Colts once again, they did not draft day one, they gave them a B. I don't know why, but their overall grade was an A or A minus, but day two and three was an A. So I I gave them an A myself. Uh, they got Michael Pittman at number 33, number 34. Sorry, uh, any other notables? Well, they got Jacob Eason from quarterback. I remember he was sitting there for a while at 122 uh anyone else no i don't know i don't think so the jaguars finished with a straight a they got cj henderson at number nine i i i think that's fine uh they also got live chase in number 20 so those are two good draft picks uh i could give them an a for that one uh any other notables i don't think so nope moving on kansas city chiefs they got an A minus with uh Clyde Edwards Heller for round one. I th- I think I, I do believe he'll be a good running back. Once again, he was a notable on my podcast because he was the only running back taken in that first round. Surprising, not really, but a little bit. Uh any other notables? No. So we'll move on. They they finished up with an overall grade of actually a B plus. So they had an average draft. <laughs> Las Vegas Raiders, C- minus for day one. Once again, they drafted Henry Ruggs at number 12, who has been noted as a overrated player, as I mentioned in the last podcast again. And then they picked Damon Arnett, who was supposed to go projected 60th, 66th, I think to be exact, on the Bleacher Report mark draft. And they he went number 19. I already won enough into Damon Arnett, and I think that's terrible for the las vegas raiders and i do agree with the c-minus for day one they could have a possible overrated wide receiver which they could have gone for cd lamb once again and then they drafted a player who was projected to go late second round beginning of the first the third round their overall grade was a b my team the chargers day one they drafted justin herbert and even kenneth murray uh i think that's that's a good, those are those were two good first round picks. I already talked about that. Uh they didn't have a day two pick because we traded them both to the Patriots. Uh day three, we had an A, and our overall grade was an A. Third day, uh, we picked up KJ Hill from Ohio State. I forget which record he has, but he has a record from that school, and he we took him in the seventh round. Uh so once again, another uh, we had a we had a we had a pretty good steal uh in the late rounds there. The Rams finished with an A. They had an A minus first round. Once again, they did not draft in the first round. That pick went somewhere. I, I, I don't know. Maybe I think I think what they did was that their day one rating was the pick they had. And they traded it for something. So I don't know fully. Uh any notables here from the Rams? I don't think so. They so they had a pretty good draft. The Dolphins, their overall grades at the bottom here. They had an A minus overall grade. Uh, they had an A day one with Tua, uh, Austin Jackson and Noah. Ing- 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 the Wi-Fi password. That's all you gotta say. I mean, my buddy. I was talking to him actually last night. He said we had a pretty good draft. I'm not. I'm not too mad about it. I mean, like he, he was mad at the time because, uh, like he said, they picked the second best player from that category. Uh, but. They had a good first round, but then they kind of fell off. They had a B, day two, and a B, uh, day three. So we'll see what the Miami Dolphins do next year. Obviously, some of these players will not play next year, but you get my point. The Vikings finished with an A grade. They had an A day one, A minus day two, and an A plus day three. So they got pretty good on day three. Uh, I don't see any notables that I I've read about or talked about. But their day one, they picked up Justin Jefferson, wide receiver. I I thought that's a good pick there. And Jeff Gladney at number 31, pretty uh, pretty good. And Urza Cleveland, who was on my mock draft to go 32nd, they picked him at uh, 58, so that's pretty good too. Any other notables? No. Next. Patriots. They never had a uh, pick in round one because they traded to the Chargers to get the Chargers then got Kenneth Murray. Uh, they had a B overall rating. They had a C plus day three, probably because they put kick, uh, picked a kicker at one fifty nine. They took the first kicker in the draft, and they were talking about that a lot. That was that was really Justin a war warwasser. They were talking about how that was a, a crazy pick there, but a uh, uh a plus day two. Now they were actually talking about Lenore Rye or when uh, Kyle Duger, sorry, from Lenore Rye, uh, Lenore Rhine, who was a, D, which is a D two school, and they're talking about how this is a make or break pick. So we'll see how that goes for them. The Saints only they only had four picks, but they they, they touched every day. So they had day one A minus, day two A minus, day three A overall grade was an a A minus. They got Cesar Ruiz at number twenty four. Thought that was a pretty good pick. Zach Bon, uh, I think he was in there for a bid number seventy four. So they got they got two pretty good picks, I think. There. The Giants had a B day one, A minus day two, B plus day three, and an overall grade of B plus. They picked Andrew Thomas at number four. And then that was it. So I don't I could so we'll see what they do with Andrew Thomas because I I who did I pick to go. I think it was uh cheese. I forget who I picked for them to go pick fourth, so maybe that that goes to show. I don't think Andrew Thomas was the best pick to go there. I, that's what that's what I thought. So we'll see how that works out for them. They got the A minus on day two. That's because they have Xavier McKinney. <laughs> that was the only pick they had on day two. So I mean, that's all that's all you can really do. Uh, and that's that's all they have there. So we're gonna switch. Is this the final page? Know how many pages we got left. Two more pages. Oh Jesus! The Jets had an overall grade of A minus. They had an A day one, which consisted of the Mac T. Back then, number eleventh pick. Uh, They had they ended up getting Denzel Mims at number fifty nine at day two. So that's pretty good. And I think that's all the notables I got there. So two good first picks for the Jets. Overall grade A minus. I could agree. The Eagles, they had a B first round with Jalen Rieger. I mean Jalen Rieger. He's a wide receiver. They needed a wide receiver. Is he the best wide receiver that was available? No. I could agree with that. B. Day two, A minus. Jalen Hurts. I already talked enough about Jalen Hurts. Good draft pick. It's a good pick, but for what they need, for what they need, bad draft pick. Right? I could see this pick being more of a this day two B grade being more of a B plus. Uh, based off of what they need and what they have, and also the player. The players uh, potential and Jalen Hurts and, and skill-wise, right? Jalen Hurts makes that a B plus. For why they needed it removes those marks. I'm just I'm just saying they 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 didn't really need Jalen Hurts, but hey, playing for the future, go for them. Uh Pittsburgh Steelers finished with an overall grade of an A minus. They never had a day one grade or well, day one pick, but they got a B there apparently. They had an A-day two, which consisted of the Canadian Chase Claypool, number 49. Uh so that goes to show that this kid might have a great potential here. So we'll see how that goes. And I don't think anyone other any notables. The 49ers had a B uh first round, which they got ja- uh Javon K- Kinwall, number 14. I think Kinwall went like 20 something on my mock draft. So we'll see what goes on there. Uh and they also had Brandon Ayuk, wide receiver. I think he was projected to go around there, so there's nothing really arguable about that. And they had an overall B plus grade. Okay, final page now. Last four teams. Seattle had a B overall grade with a B plus first round when they took Jordan Brooks. No, I'm not. I'm not going to discuss that there. They had a B plus day two and a C plus day three. No nobles. No, not a lot of nobles. Buccaneers had an A plus day one, overall grade of B plus, and a day two and day three grade of B. Uh, they tick. They picked Christian uh, Wirths at number thirteen, so they could take that there that's that's their a they also took Antoine Winfield Jr. at number 45 so day two and also uh, Keyshawn Vaughn so that's those were their day twos which led to that b right and there's no other notables there the Tennessee Titans picked Isaiah Wilson at number 20 what am I saying here I I went to their picks first they had a b minus day one which they picked Isaiah Wilson I'm not going to really argue that a plus day two where they picked uh, Christian Fulton that's a pretty good pick right there, and I don't see any other notables here. And now, finally, the last team, the Washington Redskins. They had an A-minus day one, where they picked Chase Young at number two. I I don't think we have to talk about that. This is just a good pick. They had a B-plus day two, when they picked Antonio Gibson. That was their only pick that day. And day three, they had an A, uh, which they had a bunch of draft picks in the later rounds, and they had an A-minus overall rating. So there you have it. Agree or disagree with what I said, what NFL.com said. I said I got these off of NFL.com, and I'm just kind of – I'm just reviewing them myself. What do you guys think? Tell me about it, all right? All right. When we come back, we got one final uh, – we, we got to close. We got to close out this episode properly. So we got to close and all the news that I might have missed. We'll be right back. All right. So we're all now on our closing of episode two here of the sports talk podcast. And now let's, let's, let's go through the, what I missed uh section. Uh, let's start with uh, the one. I, I, I don't know a lot of information about. I saw a tweet earlier today. I tried to find it again, just a second ago, could not find it, but the NCAA is making this type of program where they can actually team up with third party brands. So, so instead of being just equipped with equipment, I believe this is what it has to do with their equipment and their uh, their like just just their self promotion. I think uh, they could sign with these brands and they could be given these because uh, I think I think whatever team like has like their equipment provider and all that. I, I don't know fully about this. I I don't have a lot of research on this, but I believe it means that they can have use equipment from different brands. That they sign with. So say if so say if your team is sponsored by Nike. Uh, you have to use all the Nike stuff, right? But I think this deal is going to make this that they could wear maybe, I, I, geez, I don't know. Say a New Balance, right? A new now New Balance. I don't think is a third party provider, but you, you know what? I think I think that's what they're trying to get out here. They're going to be able to use third party uh, uh equipment and all this stuff to, you know. I think it was. I, I have it down here as a player likeness program. I d- definitely do not think that's what it's called. I just kind of looked at it and said, whatever. And because uh, I thought that that should be cool. So I'll, I'll try and get more information on that if I remember for the next episode. Or ep- yeah. Uh, and finally, the NHL draft, uh, they canceled the idea of going to Montreal for the draft and have it in person like they, they, they saw. Uh, the NHL recognized about how good the NFL draft was uh, this past weekend uh, with no flaws, uh, which I actually saw saying that they should give full marks to Goodell. Uh, and also Goodell actually vol- voluntarily dropped his wage down to $0 this week to, to save the NFL some money. So so just think about that, right? This guy drops his salary down to 0 and then performs a, a ace, A-plus draft. I mean, you could, lots of things can go wrong with technology and he did it perfectly. He deserves full marks, which I actually saw uh, a little article header for that. So with virtual draft in mind, that's what the NHL is going to do. We still do not know the date uh, for it. They're still kind of, they're still trying to work the whole logistics out of it. Uh, Hopefully by the Friday uh, podcast, we'll have something or even by the Monday podcast, we'll have something, but they have said that that's what they're going to do. Uh, Like I said, no dates, draft lottery, you have no clue yet what they're going to do with that. Uh, And definitely they can't have the draft until after this season's technically over, right? Uh, Based off of where teams finish. So that means if we go back to the main topic today and the original calendar in mind, they're saying september september time is when this is going to end september 30th is when this whole this whole thing will play out and it will end this the season that they've yet to finish so we could be seeing this draft maybe early september mid-september maybe even late august right so it all just depends on what we what we see the draft so i'm saying if the draft lottery is going on uh and they also want to probably have it maybe within the playoffs or I could see this draft lottery happening in June or even July when the, when the playoffs start or in the playoffs and the regular season kind of gets back going again. So that's, that's why I think, I think draft lottery will happen within the time of June and first two weeks of July. The draft will then happen late August, early September, September, early September, mid September. All right. And that's it. That is all I have for the Wednesday, April 29th edition of the sports talk podcast uh, here uh i'd like to thank you guys all for listening i'd like to thank uh anchor for allowing me to do this and having the easiest way to start up a podcast uh i'm gonna tell you it's 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 amazing of what they do to making this very simple and easy uh if you guys want to follow me on twitter uh you can follow me at uh, i think i'm at adam zucala i i don't i don't think uh you could go wrong with my 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 twitter name i don't think i just gotta make sure here yo no yeah it's at adam underscore zucala that is z-u-c-c-a-l-a uh but hey listen it, it, what we have here from today's podcast is that they're making moves there's people there's teams and leagues making moves when we'll when we we'll these, see these moves happen we don't know heck it could happen later tonight and i don't even and or it could happen now and i just missed it but hey stuff is happening We'll have sports soon. Just watch all those old bo- broadcasters playing for us right now on the TV and everything. Enjoy yourself. I hope you guys stay safe, stay indoors, and have a good time. All right. Just don't do anything stupid. Thank you so much for listening again. Peace. See you on Friday.